welcome to the Color and Chaos podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. My name is Jonah Fair, and I am coming to you from Macomb, Michigan. It's an honor to be here today with you right now. It's an honor that you are taking your time to be here with me as well. And so regardless of however you came across this podcast, maybe you stumbled across it, or maybe you referred to it by a friend, or you are a current subscriber, and thank you so much for taking your time to be here. And so regardless, if you're watching or listening to this, if you're watching, then currently we are on YouTube and on Facebook. And if you are listening, then currently we are on Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeart and Spotify. And so regardless of wherever you're at, welcome. Uh, It's really cool to be back. This is my first time back in two weeks. I took a couple weeks off for Thanksgiving. And I also kind of spontaneously was able to travel with a very good friend of mine from South Carolina. And uh, he had a paid week off, and it just so happened that I was able to get the week off as well. And he had to take this time off this year or he would lose it. And so we were able to travel out west, which was really, really awesome, especially being at the very end of a very crazy year. And to be able to have that opportunity with with one of my best friends, it, it was such an honor and a privilege. And I want to share a little bit about that today because there's some observations I had as I was uh, just traveling and as I was just processing everything around me. But I also want to real quickly go over uh, what Color and Chaos is in case this is your first time being here. So Color and Chaos is just a cry from my heart that when I look back, I can identify a pattern within me and I know within many of us, if not all of us that there is this knee-jerk reaction within us whenever we go through chaos or difficulty or the unknown to instead of going through it and facing it head on, we have this knee-jerk reaction to run away from that which is causing us pain or challenging us. And I know that's very true within me. And when I look back over my life though, I see this irony at work the same things that I once wanted to run away from or that I, you know, curse God that I was going through, the same things that once brought me pain and challenge and difficulty, when I look at them, you know, removed from the situation, I see that those ironically were the moments that I grew the most as not only a man, but as a person. And, and, and more importantly, I grew in my relationship with my creator, savior, sustainer. So there is color that can come out of the chaos when instead of going through the chaos on our own, through our own strength and our own ability, we lean into the one who makes us whole. And so heavy heart, no matter what brings you here today, no matter what chaos maybe you are going through that you have gone through or that you will go through, the whole cry of this podcast is that there is a color in the chaos when instead of trying to do it on our own, we lean into our creator, savior, sustainer through his word and and invite him into the process. And, And that's really what the crux of this podcast is. And I would be honored to be able to pray for you no matter where today finds you. And so again, no matter what you may be going through, what you have been through, or what you will go through, I pray that this, what we talk about today, will meet you in a real and relevant way. You are not alone, and I am so honored that you are here, and I am praying, and we will pray in a moment, but I am praying right now that what we talk about will meet you in a powerful way and help encourage you through this journey of a life that is filled with immeasurable chaos, but also a measurable color that could come out of it. So here, let's pray and we will go in today's episode. All right. Lord God, just thank you so much for another day. 
Lord, I thank you for those that are listening or watching this right now. Lord, you know them inside and out. You know their heart. You know their thoughts from afar as uh, Psalms 139 uh, remind us, Lord, you know us inside and out and you care about us. There is nothing that goes through our heart and our mind that you are oblivious of. Lord, you know all the moments of our life where we cried out and we were just at a loss for words of what was going on. And Lord, you also know the triumphs in our lives, the moments where we felt so alive and we felt so free and maybe even acknowledged you. But Lord, right now, we just want to bring all that we are to you. Lord, I pray that right now what we talk about today uh, will meet not only me, Lord, uh, do a work and wonder within my heart, move me to the side, Lord, help my walls towards you go down and help my awareness to you go up. Help me be just sensitive to your spirit that is at work within each and every one of our lives. Lord, I pray for those that are listening or watching this, Lord, that you will meet them in a powerful way as we just share this time together. And Lord, no matter what they may be doing right now, no matter what they may be going through, Lord, again, I pray that you overwhelm them with a sense of your presence and overwhelm them with just an awesome, awesome display of your power through your word that we will be sharing today. Lord, we need you. And it's in your name we pray and we surrender. Amen. Regardless of where you're at with your walk with the Lord, have you ever felt like there was just way more reasons why not to follow Jesus than to follow Jesus? I think each and every one of us have felt that at some point in our life. I know for me, I've shared my story on this podcast before, um, but for 17 years of my life, I felt like there was a lot more reasons of why not to follow Jesus than to follow Jesus. But at 17, I finally reached that point where I was like, Lord, I don't want to just know about you. I want to know you. You either are the resurrected Savior or you're not. You're either Lord or you're not. Like, I'm I'm not going to play any more games. And my life has been different ever since. And there's still chaos. There's still challenges. Absolutely. I'm still human. But at the end of the day, I'm following after Christ. The only one has overcame all of my humanity, all of our humanity, and has rose again from death, defeated death for our behalf. And so I'm following after Christ. But still, I find myself with many reasons of why in different moments— to not follow Christ. You get what I'm saying? There will be times where we justify not following him or doing what we want to do when we want to do it, how we want to do it. Many of those reasons can be the beauty of this world, of things around us, of, of people, um, uh, the affections of our heart, the longings of our heart, the desires of our heart, um, our wills, what we think should happen, when it should happen, how it should happen. And those are the different things that maybe will distract us Maybe it's even that pomp, you know, we, we start to get that pride, and that arrogance, and we start to, because of different accolades or um, achievements, we start to kind of elevate ourselves, say, you know, Lord, I, I don't really need you. You served a purpose at one time when I was low, when I was hurting, when I was brokenhearted, uh, but, you know, I don't necessarily need you right now. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling, you know, fine. It's crazy. This trip that I was able to take uh, this last week out west, I was able to experience many of those things that so often can distract us from following after Jesus. I was able to experience beauty. I saw immense beauty. Uh, I, I went from the Grand Canyon down to, um, you know, the Pacific Coast uh, and, and even, you know, being able to see the mountains of Yosemite and immense beauty. I also spent a night in Las Vegas. I was able to kind of be around all the entertainment and the the promises that that can offer and the numbness that that also can offer as well. 
So it was around that. I was also around a lot of the the whole reality that there is so many things that are bigger than us, whether it be the roar of the ocean or whether it be the grandeur of the mountains. The things that I saw in the Grand Canyon, the things I saw at Yosemite, the things that I saw in Vegas, that each and every one of these places remind us of a deeper truth that is found in the scripture. But first, I wanted to read this verse in Romans 14 verses 7 through 9. This is what the NLT says. And Paul says this, for we don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves. If we live, it's to honor the Lord. And if we die, it's to honor the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Christ died and rose again for this very purpose. The very first place that we were able to go was the Grand Canyon the Grand Canyon. And if you have never been to the Grand Canyon, I cannot fully describe it. Um, Right here, I'll be showing some pictures if you're watching the podcast. Uh, These pictures do not even do it justice. The Grand Canyon is crazy. It's one of those things you have to see it to truly be able to take it in. I know so often those that appreciate art will will be like, oh man, you have to go to this museum. You have to see this painting because you won't believe it if you don't see it. Just awe-inspiring how deep it goes and how far wide it expands. And there was a word that popped up in my head as I just look back over my time at the Grand Canyon. And that word is redemption. Redemption. There's a verse in the Bible that stood out to me when I think back on the Grand Canyon. And that verse is John 10.10. Jesus is speaking and he says this, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come not only to give life, but life abundantly. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come not only to give life, but life abundantly. So the Grand Canyon was one of the very first places I was able to go. And that word redemption, I want you to just kind of keep that in your mind for a second. We'll go back uh, to that verse and that word in a moment. The second place I was able to go to was Las Vegas. We actually landed in Las Vegas and uh, we immediately drove to the canyon. But after leaving the canyon the next day, uh, we stopped in Las Vegas for a night was able to stay at like a five-star hotel for very, very, very cheap. But the word that sticks out to me as I look back at my time in Vegas was haze, haze. And there was a verse specifically that stood out to me um, in Vegas, and it's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12. And this is what it says. Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely, just as God now knows me completely. I'm going to read that again. Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely, just as God now knows me completely. The third one that I will talk about of of places that I visited on this trip was Yosemite. And it's a national park out in California with amazing just mountains. And just it's just crazy. It's awe-inspiring. When we drove in, we drove in at night. And we're seeing the, the, the mountain from our headlights and, and from the full moon that was in the sky. We had to pull over and we, as we did, we looked at the mountain and it was just massive. I've never seen mountains this big. And I'm from South Carolina, kind of at the foot of the Blue Ridge Mountains. And 
I've seen mountains. I've been on the top of mountains. I've, you know, traveled on mountains. But this was just a whole new ballpark compared to anything I've ever seen. And that terror that came across us of just seeing something so massive and just making you feel so small, something that I know that me and my buddy will never forget for the rest of our lives, of that moment of just looking at this grandeur of a mountain and just being just in awe. When I, when I whipped the car, it literally like made my heart drop for a second. I don't even know why. It's just overwhelming. And as I think back on our time in Yosemite, especially looking at these amazing mountains, there's a word that stands out to me when I think back on this memory specifically, and that word is frailty. And this is the verse that goes along with this whole idea of frailty. I'm going to actually read uh, verse 18 down to 39. And this is what Romans 8, uh, verse 18 down to 39, what Paul says. He says this, Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against this will, all creation was subject to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. Verse 22, For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory, for we long for our bodies to release from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised us. We were given this hope when we were saved. If we have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. Verse 26, and then the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Verse 30. And having chosen him, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. Verse 31. What shall we say about these wonderful things such as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Verse 33, who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. He is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who has loved us.
And I am confident that nothing can separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither our fears, nor today, nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will be ever able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's really interesting when I think back in these three different locations, I, I think about that redemption, the haze, and the frailty that is found in life. And each and every one of us will go through moments where we desire redemption. Each and every one of us will go through moments where we feel like we're kind of walking in a haze, that there's so much more. There's just something that we can't maybe feel, we can't necessarily grasp, but we desire more. And each and every one of us will go through moments where we feel frail. When we look at mountains and, and just the grandeur of creation and we are just in awe and maybe we feel so small. Maybe it's not even creation, but maybe it's being around others and you just feel so frail. Maybe you're in a crowd of people, but yet you feel like you're in a crowd of strangers. Each and every one of us will have those moments when we just feel like we are inadequate or we feel like we're not good enough or we don't amount to anything, that our life maybe doesn't have value or substance like maybe others that we see seem to have that value and substance. There's moments where each and every one of us long for something to fill us that we feel is the being depleted or has been depleted or robbed from us. Each and every one of us can relate with those words, redemption, haze, and frailty. Starting with the Grand Canyon, one of the things that stood out to me, not while I was there, but after I came back, I was talking with someone at the local church that I attend, and I was just telling him about the Grand Canyon, and he himself has been there to the Grand Canyon, and he made this comment. He said, the interesting thing about the Grand Canyon is that that was formed from destruction, Regardless if it came from a great flood or it just came from a stream, no matter what caused the Grand Canyon, our God can bring a beauty out of destruction. And the Grand Canyon is a perfect representation of that. That verse that we read at the very beginning, John 10, 10, that the thief comes to still kill and destroy, but I have come. Jesus says, I have come not only to give life, but life abundantly. The interesting thing about that passage is that there is a thief he does still, he does kill, and he does destroy. But the beautiful thing is, is that regardless of the fact that we do have a thief that will still kill and destroy, at the end of the day, we have a Lord that can bring immense beauty out of the remains of what is left. We have a God that redeems, and we see this picture on the cross. We see that Jesus, his body is broken. He's bleeding. He dies from a suffocation and also just from his body just failing on the cross. He's tortured. But yet we see the most beautiful picture of love ever shown. There's an irony there, isn't it? Something so broken and despicable and just, just hard and heart-wrenching that an innocent man was crucified for our behalf. God himself came in the form of a human, lived the life that we couldn't live, died the death that we deserve. Yet his death is a beautiful picture of his love and also his resurrection puts to shame the death that previously was experienced. Three days later, he rose again. And through his victory, we achieve victory over sin and decay and death as well. 
And so we have a God of redemption. And the Grand Canyon shows that he can redeem, he can bring beauty out of destruction. With the enemy still killed and destroyed in your life, we have a God that could bring a beautiful redemption out of that. Going off to Vegas and, and, and talking about that whole idea of haze. I was, I was kind of blown away. I, when I got into the hotel, I went straight to the window to, to look over the, the strip, you know, the famous Vegas strip with all the different casinos and hotels and attractions and everything. And, and I went to the window because I wanted to see it from an elevated view. And what's crazy is in the morning, I, I didn't notice this, but when it started to get to night, I, I couldn't help but notice when I looked out of my window from my hotel room onto the strip, I saw looking back at me, my reflection. I couldn't escape my reflection. I'm looking out of this mirror to try to see past where I'm at, but yet I keep seeing where I'm at. And I was reminded as I look out on this strip and also look back at myself because the reflection that I see within this, this window, I'm reminded that we all will look through this life through a haze, through our experiences, through the things that we go through, maybe even our insecurities, the things that we don't feel as confident about or the things that we sometimes hate about ourselves, that we look through the lens of our mind, of our eyes, of our heart, of our affections, we will look through this, this world that not only is decaying, you know, just on its own, but as we are decaying as well, we are looking through a haze. And I think back in that verse in 1 Corinthians 13, 12, and as it talks about just that now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror, but then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know is that everything is now partial and incomplete, but then there will be a day where I know everything completely. The Bible talks about the reality that this is not all that there is, that we were created for a kingdom apart from this one. This one is, is suffering under that, that dust and the decay and the rust, but there is a kingdom that we were created for where there is no death, that there is no rust, there is no just destruction and hurt and pain and sin. And as I looked back on that strip and I, and I saw my reflection looking back at me, I was just reminded that, God, you help me day by day. You help my, my gaze be, start to come off of all of this stuff that is just clouded by haze and by lies and deception and by frailty and, and rust. I, I stop looking at that and I'm able to fix myself on you the only one that has lived the life that I couldn't live and died the death that I deserve. You are the one that overcame all of this smoke and mirrors so that I can be able to live life, not just to live, but to thrive in a life abundant found in you. As I think about this whole idea of, of fog, of haze, I think about Hebrews 12 verse 1. It says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off every encumbrance and sin that so easily entangles, and let us run the race with endurance, the race set out for us. Verse 2, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who with the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So as we walk towards Christ, we are able to see less and less of our reflection, of our frailty, of our, our weakness, our brokenness, all of the, the haze 
of rust and decay and we're able to see our creator, savior, sustainer fully more and more day by day. I'm also reminded of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, and it says this, Therefore, we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away. Our inner self is being renewed day by day. Day by day, we have, if you've surrendered to Christ, you have received his spirit and his spirit is renewing you day by day as instead of feasting on the haze of this world, we're able to feast on his word and his truth and the reality that we have a creator, savior, sustainer that is present and living and active and his word is alive. And as we start to renew our thought and our heart and our affections on him, we're able to overcome this haze and start to see with his eyes, with his heart, and to be able to be more of a reflection of him through these days that we have been given to us. And we already touched upon the whole idea of frailty as I talked a little bit about Vegas, but I was reminded of our frailty when I went to the Pacific coast. But as we were there and, and we dried off and we're just walking alongside the beach over there in Santa Monica, I, I just couldn't help but notice the amount of people just, just standing by and, and looking at the sunset. And many people were doing different things. There were some people that were around other people just kind of conversating. Other people that were just taking selfies with the sunset. Other people that were having photo shoots. Uh, you know, families there with, with their little kids just kind of walking through. And, and here we are in the middle of Santa Monica. You know, a place that we never thought we would be. In a place uh, during time that we never thought we would be. We're at a pier looking at a sunset. And it just kind of hits us that, and we, we start to talk about it. You know, it's so crazy that each and every one of us are living life. <laughs> We're living life. We have our own routines, our schedules, our insecurities. We have all the different things that we are longing and looking for. And just the amount of people taking a picture of the sunset was a reminder to me, even as I was taking a picture of the sunset, we are all looking for so much more than this world can offer. We are so frail. We are so frail. Our life is a vapor and we're just trying our hardest to make the most out of this, this little life that we have, ignoring the whole reality that death will come. But yet so many of us live our life ignoring that until it's too late. But praise be to God that we have a creator, savior, sustainer that uses every single thing from the sunset to even sicknesses or even the grandeur of a mountain to remind us of the frailty of life and to call us back to himself. I'm reminded of John three sixteen, where Jesus says that for God so loved the world that he sent his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. We have a creator, savior, sustainer that never intended for us to die, to perish. Therefore, he provides a way so that we can have life, but that's only found through him. Not found through the mountains or the valleys or through a, a, a sunset or through the haze of entertainment. It's not found through everything here, but it's found through him. We live in a world of rust. And day by day, we are corroding and we are trying our best to hold it all together. We invest our time, our energy, our resources to try to make this life as comfortable as it can. Yet all along, everything here is reminding us that there is so much more that we were created for than this. Even the most beautiful pictures that I can show of the Grand Canyon, 
or the, the, the memories I have in my mind or the things I can witness with my eyes is nothing, is nothing compared to what I was created for, for what you were created for. And you can see a thousand canyons. You can see a thousand mountains. You can see a thousand sunsets. And it will all leave you in the same place. Life is so much more than this. The things that I saw in the Grand Canyon, the things I saw in Vegas, the things I saw in Yosemite or the Pacific Coast. There's so many beautiful things. There's so many awesome things. But there also is so much brokenness, so much death, rust, and decay. Standing out there at the Santa Monica Pier, I saw loved ones embracing each other. I also saw people tripping on drugs, yelling into the air. We live in a world that is frail and is broken and breaking day by day. But yet, we have a God that uses creation and even uses destruction to remind us, look, there is so much more than this. And I am here and I am able and mighty to save. We have a God that is pursuing after you and my heart, calling out from each and everything what the enemy can use for evil, the Lord can redeem for good. What the, what the enemy wants to still kill and destroy in you and my life, we have a God that wants to redeem and restore all things and to create a newness that can only come through him. As I was out there in Vegas, I met a server. His name was Mark. He recently moved to Vegas with his wife. He started working there as a uh, at the restaurant as a um, as a server. And as we were just talking, it came abundantly clear as we were talking that uh, he was new to the area and he was also anxious. Um, that he had a lot of uh, just worry and 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 I asked, "Hey, is there anything I could pray for you over?" He's like, "Yeah." Pray for me and my wife. We recently moved here, and uh, it's just all very new to us. And we're just trying to, you know, find our way here. And as I was just thinking about that, and and just you know talking with him and stuff, he he came back to my table, and he said, "Guys, you don't know how much that meant that you asked to to pray for me." And uh, you know, he was just like blown away by that. And I was able to tell him about Jesus, and you know, tell him even my story of how I came to Christ. And later on, as I was in the hotel room, as I was just reflecting on uh, the passages that I read, uh, the the whole Romans 8 and also 1 Corinthians uh, 13, I was just thinking and praying over the city of Las Vegas. And I was just saying, God, I can't do, I can't do everything that I would love to do here in Vegas, uh, you know, in order to help restore and to, you know, to, to make this haze less evident and for there to be, you know, redemption that could come over the city. I can't do that. Lord, I'm just passing by. But then my mind went to Mark and I was just praying, Lord, make Mark into such a pillar in the city for you that the nations that come here to Vegas will be able to meet you through Mark. And I was just thinking about that and, and just it was such a sober reminder that each and every one of us have a little life to live and we can only do so much with it. But may we pray that God help me not waste today. Help me not only know you, but also walk in accordance to your word and live by your spirit within me. Help me not miss everything lost in a haze of all the distractions around me, but help me live with purpose being guided by you, focused on you and you alone. 
Because at the end of the day, Lord, I just want to help strengthen the different pillars all around that you are rising up in order for people to know more about you. I can't do in Vegas what I would love to do, but Mark can. And likewise, you can as well. Heavy heart, your life has purpose, and that purpose is found in Jesus. A song that came to my mind as I was just sitting there reflecting on Mark there in Vegas is a song named Concrete, and it's the acoustic version of this song. And it's by the worship band Fresh Life Worship. And the song really stood out to me because it just realizes the whole reality that, Lord, you are the pillar. Lord, you are the pillar. You are what we strive after. You're the one that helps hold us, that hold us secure in, in all the haze and all the brokenness and all the chaos. Lord, you are the anchor that, that we can hold on to, that gives our life purpose, that gives our life meaning. We settle for so much, but it only takes us getting a little closer to it to see the rust that is there, the corrosion. But there's so much more than that which we so often settle for. In this world of rust, there is a redeemer. And his name is Jesus. And he loves you. And he has a plan and purpose for your life and my life that goes far beyond this rust, this decay, this corrosion. But we can only settle whenever we don't fully understand what else is being offered. So may today be the day that we respond to the anchor of our hearts, of our souls that is calling out our names through all of creation, through all that we are going through, calling to us, wooing us back to himself. Because at the end of the day, only in his hands can we truly find the life that we were created for. The mountains surround me, they bow down before you. Darkness is blinding. Hides nothing from you. Though my heart may fail me, my soul will remember that you set a table before me. I'm seated in heaven. I feast on your goodness and mercy forever, my portion. My portion